Hi, this is Elliot Fishman, and welcome to part two on cinematic rendering. On part one, we spoke about some of the principles, and now we'll speak about some of the uh, more of the clinical applications. And I left off with this slide before, showing you one of the things with cinematic rendering is the ability to look at textures. This is a metastatic gist tumor, and you can see it's very cystic with thick walled, and you can see it very nicely, the correlations when you look at the patient's um, cinematic rendering compared to the volume rendering or to the axial CT. And one of the things we're learning is, here's hemangioma with peripheral puddling. Look at the peripheral puddling within the cinematic rendering around that mass. So we are looking at textural change. We're looking at enhancement patterns. We're looking at everything we knew before plus a number of different features. Or in this case, with carcinoid tumor, again, looking at the vascularity, the feeding vessels, the ring-like lesions, very nice correlation between the MIP, the volume volumetric rendering, and the cinematic rendering. I will say, just to be clear, not in every case is cinematic rendering better than volume rendering or MIP. It may look different, but often the information is exactly the same. But sometimes we are able to accentuate. So in this gallbladder cancer, you can see the mass in the axial views, the extensive nodes present, but then on the cinematic, very nicely showing you the puckering along the wall of the gallbladder, the extensive adenopathy in the periotic and peripancreatic region. Like many things, musculoskeletal imaging is ideal. I showed you an example before of the cranial facial region. Here's a very nice example of mandibular fracture. Look at the uh, various parts of the mandible, the orbit, the area of the teeth, and the detail of the cinematic rendering compared to the volume rendering even in the same plane. Or here's another patient with multiple facial fractures, including the mandible and the orbit. And again, the detail of the fractures is far better on the cinematic than on the uh, volume rendering, even when we use good color coding and really optimize visualization. One of the things we mentioned before is texture, and here's a good example. The axial views and the coronals and sagittals very nicely show you the bony deformity in a patient with polyostotic fibrous dysplasia, and the cinematic rendering takes up from where the volume rendering left off, giving you the details of the bony deformity, the extensive involvement also of the mandibular on the right side, as well as the frontal bone, again, all giving you a very nice detail. When we look at trauma, of course, here's a gunshot wound, multiple facial fractures. You really can almost feel the impact of the fracture and the multiple fragments of bone and their orientation and location. And we are looking carefully at the ability to use cinematic rendering for looking at tendons, looking at tendon injuries, looking at soft tissue injuries around the knee and around the ankle. Very nicely here showing you the tendons uh, relationship to the uh, uh, the um, fibula as well as to the calcaneus. And then of course with fractures, the details of the fracture fragment better shown on the cinematic rendering than on the volume rendering. The ability to use cinematic rendering going from the ability to look at the soft tissue, look at the wound and the defect, look at the site of active bleed, and then look at the normal vessels, be it the SFA or the iliac vessel or its branches. Again, all the information easily shown, or in this case with a patient with a fractured dislocation, you see a little bit of the femoral head left in the acetabulum. You can see the posterior dislocation of the majority of the femoral head. You can see that the vessels were not involved. 
but again, a very nice visualization of the entire structure and all of the deformities present. Or in this example, we see a fracture of the patient's femur through the neck of the femur. Again, there is it much better than the transparent volume rendering? Probably not, but again, good detail as to the bony architecture and trabeculations. Or in this case of a hip dysplasia, showing you the changes within not only the femoral head, but within the acetabulum. Hard to say one is much better than the other. We do see it, as I said, with trauma, when you try to go from soft tissue to muscle, to bone, to vessels. We've shown that with volume rendering, and cinematic takes up where volume rendering leaves off. Again, particularly, you can see the artifact, but there's no uh, vascular injury from the bullet of that is significant with the axillary to brachial artery and brachial to radial and ulnar artery all being intact. Or here in a patient with radial head fracture and elbow dislocation, the 3D mapping, being able to show you the intact vessels as well as the orientation of the fracture and its multiple fracture fragments. Or again, the stab injury, the ability to show both the underlying vessels as well as soft tissue and bone really gives you a very good feel specifically of what's going on. And another example of a distal radial fracture, again, showing you a range of cinematic renderings. This again goes back to the point that you can have infinite number of images created, but you need the right renderings. It's not so easy in practice unless you have someone experienced creating and visualizing the images. Or in this case, complicated dislocation at the ankle joint. You can see the vessels as a fibula fracture, but the vessels do appear to be intact despite the extensive bony injury. Or this case, again, looking at the soft tissues from sagittal to mid to volume rendering of a patient with dermatomyositis with extensive soft tissue calcifications. And the extent of the calcifications is even better seen on the series of cinematic renderings that I show here. So again, anything with soft tissue, anything with muscle, showing the variations between muscle and soft tissue and bone and fat, cinematic rendering is very, very good at that. Now in vascular cases, is no surprise, this was Ann Minnie's image of the year last year, coronary artery to pulmonary artery fistula. Again, the cinematic rendering really gives you what looks like a fake image in such good detail. You can see the orientation of the uh, coronary artery to pulmonary artery, both from the right and left coronary arteries, just very nice display. Or this case of a ductus diverticulum, which simulates aortic injury. Again, very nicely showing the ductus on the cinematic rendering through a few different views. Or in this case, another example, again, showing you a thin communication, um, which was the patent ductus arteriosus, but there was no evidence of aortic injury. But that's a very common case for aortic injury. And we published a paper that shows it were easier uh, to understand this region with the cinematic than just the axials or even sagittals alone. And here's just one more example showing you a ductus diverticulum. Again, that outpouching very nicely shown on the patient's cinematic rendering. When we talk about acute aortic injury, here are the, the acute angles between the aorta and the lesion. So it's a true injury and not a ductus diverticulum. The soft tissue, the outpouching, and again, very nice visualizations on the cinematic rendering show this well. And here I'm showing you uh, the ability to rotate the image. Different patient 
But look at the detail of the left atrial appendage, very nicely shown, and the patient's LAD and circumflex coronary arteries, also well shown. I'm not saying cinematic rendering is what you should use for doing coronary artery stenosis, but if you start looking at the coronary arteries, you can see the area of narrowing in the proximal um, LAD, and it's just very nicely shown. Again, one of the challenges, of course, with 3D and coronary arteries is the ability to change the uh, degree of stenosis based on the uh, parameters you use for creating the image, so you need to be very, very careful in that regard. Or in this case, look at the uh, images from the axial to the volume rendering, but especially the cinematic, which very nicely shows you a large tumor involving the right ventricle and was a sarcoma. So again, these are unusual tumors, of course, but again, uh, it's the unusual that at times really helps you understand specifically the difficulty and the opportunity with newer techniques. Here's a patient, very nice volume rendering showing a inferenal abdominal aortic aneurysm, dilatation of both iliac vessels, and here's that same patient with the cinematic. Again, a little bit better shadowing. The surgeons like these images better because of the ability to get a much better three-dimensional feel of what's going on. Also showing you very nicely the mesenteric vessels from the SMA to the celiac, as well as the iliac arteries. And in this patient with Lowy's Dietz with peripheral grafts, again, look at the number of grafts you see that are functioning and are not functioning. The ability to look and define the patient's uh, uh, iliac vessels down to popliteal arteries, the grafts in place, the popliteal artery aneurysm on the left side, and the like. Or here, nodularity or irregularity, classic FMD or fibromuscular dysplasia of the patient's right renal artery. It's seen well in the volume rendering and on the MIP but it's particularly well seen on the cinematic rendering where we isolate the vessels and the kidneys from the rest of the data set. Or in this case, an impressive example of aortic occlusion with collateral vessels. Uh, look at the collaterals in the abdominal wall in retroperitoneum. Uh, this patient was amazingly asymptomatic because of extensive collaterals that had formed. And again, you can see collateral pathways well the inferior epigastrics, the collaterals in the abdominal wall, relationships to the liver, for example, all of these collaterals very nicely defined. Now, a few last cases. Here's an unusual case of xanthogranulomas polynephritis, but look at the right kidney. It's large, staghorn calculus, dilated calyces, very classic for XGP. Or this example of bilateral staghorn calculi. Again, we're developing new algorithms for looking at the kidneys, for stone detection, for tumor detection, for staging the vascular component of the tumor, and getting more and more information. Or this case of bilateral asymptomatic UPJs, very nicely show you the transition, that there's no mass present with the cinematic rendering. Or here is a UPJ obstruction due to a crossing vessel. You can see the dilated left renal pelvis, but it's hard to say much more. Here it is as you go to 3D. Look at the relationship of the multiple left renal arteries, but look how much nicer it's shown on the cinematic rendering. You can see the orientation of the vessels, the stretching, and really what ends up being the site of obstruction. So it's just a very nice example and very good information. And then, of course, with variations in the calyces, in the collecting system, an example of crossed fused renal ectopia, very nicely seen, two kidneys, 
literally fused the collecting system times two, the ureters times two, just very nice example of that process. And then here is one with Crohn's disease. We talk about a string sign, thickened bowel, abnormal enhancement, prominent vascularity, so-called comb sign in patients with active Crohn's disease. We can be seen in almost anybody the uh, comb sign, the comb sign, uh, when you have thickening and inflammation of the bowel. Um, other things, GI hemorrhage. Here's an active bleed at the site of the patient's gastrojejunostomy. Uh, those are not uncommon. We are seeing more gastrogenostomies in patients with uh, pancreatic resection. But again, anytime you have an anastomosis, there can be a cause for bleeding. We look at complications post-op, and bleeding is one of the things you need to rule out before the patient becomes hypotensive. Just a beautiful example here. Or in this case here, where you can see the dilated loops of small bowel. Then you look at the vessels, and they're twisted which you can see nicely on the first two images. Just a very nice example of a volvulus. Or here's a patient with cirrhosis. Look at the rechinalized umbilical vein, the flow in the collaterals in the abdominal wall, the inferior epigastric collaterals. Look at the gastric varices, collateral pathways in the patients with cirrhosis. Just a very nice example. And again, you can see how I changed the images to accentuate the stomach or accentuate the pancreas or accentuate the vessels or accentuate the bowel. One of the things you need to do is figure out what you're looking at and accentuate the information, but it can be somewhat tricky. Future directions, as I mentioned, we are writing many articles. Go on PubMed. There's 15 that have been published. We're looking at where cinematic fits in, in pancreas, and liver, and kidneys, and trauma, for example. We're looking at all of that, and we are writing articles about that. Uh, phantom studies, what's the optimal protocol, will be things we need to consider and are working on. Um, people talk about 3D printing. I think 3D printing is okay, but it's expensive, and it's expensive to buy and expensive to use, and I think this will be an easier way of replacing uh, 3D printing in most cases. And of course, anything that gives you better visualization, gives you better understanding, is going to lead to an easier way of educating our trainees, be it the residents or be it the fellows or anybody in between. So I think it's very exciting. I think cinematic rendering is changing how we do 3D. It's changing how we practice medicine. And I think long term, it's going to be very critical uh, to our profession to really take advantage of these techniques, to understand how it can be used, literally from training to patient education, from the bedside to the operating suite, from the operating suite to radiology, and everywhere in between. So I think it's very exciting, and I think we look forward to a future directions. And keep checking PubMed.com, type in cinematic rendering, and you're going to see some incredible articles coming incredibly soon. And with that, I thank you for your attention. See you later. Bye.